Welcome to the OCR Disrupt podcast with your hosts, Nick Day and James Brockley. James, we're back. OCR Disrupt for a very quick podcast all about the the OCR World Champs. How are you doing? I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. How are you? Similar, similar. Uh, went to the Worlds, came back with uh, without the main band that I'd trained for, so no real surprises there. But I had a pretty good time along uh, along the way. Uh, you, I saw you on the first day and then didn't see you again. What happened? I, I didn't do anything. I um, I went up to watch for a little bit and then I went over to the um, the cafe that only serves plant things and uh, sat down and did some studying all day and suffered through the lack of milk but um yeah I, I did nothing sat down and, and just studied all day on those last three days it was raining it was cold and I wasn't running so why would I stand outside it's not like I care about so you, you weren't required you weren't required to do any commentating this time around uh no they uh they don't want to pay people to do those kind of things there's there's nothing there for that okay but you did get to experience as ethos isn't it the cafe it's Daz's new enterprise uh Daz obviously being part of uh, nuclear phoenix may as well get that in there and give him a little plug for his cafe i've heard good things even though it is pretty vegan based i mean the, the man almost refused to give me the wi-fi password for being a milk drinker um yeah it's, <laughs> uh, it's the cafe was lovely uh but the oat milk coffee oat milk oat milk oat milk coffee that i had was quite nice so uh that's upsetting for me but yeah no, no really really nice and if you're in the area worth going to visit those guys So uh, what do, where do you want to start with the uh, the OCR World Champs? Obviously, God, I've got a first-hand view of uh, of how the race went you know, from my perspective. But what, you know, where should we yeah. kick off? It was, uh, I would say, it was a success despite the weather. I think the feedback has been pretty good. I've got similar gripes to what I had last year, so you're going to get a bit of deja vu if you heard the uh, the race report that we did a uh, a year ago. But um, you know, what have you heard, James? And what sort of feedback have you been receiving post event? I'll be honest, I'm pretty um, detached from it all nowadays. Um, I'm going to go ahead and guess that yours is something to do with no kids, right? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's it. I mean, I've, I've not had too many things. The weather's always is the thing. Not enough marshals out there. A uh, few people hissing and kicking up a fuss at, at the marshals, being a bit rude. But other than that, I've not really heard too much. What did you think of the obstacles? I think there, there was uh, a few nice new ones. I really like the Gibbons. They're pretty cool. Um, and I like the Valkyrie, but I still don't think it compares up to the european standards of obstacles on the gibbons are you a, a chicken wing allowed group or are you a chicken wing should not be allowed i don't know if i would go allowed or not i don't think it's a particularly smart way of doing it i know that you're less likely to fall off with grip strength but i think you're more likely to get your arm caught or get injured or pinch a bit of skin um and we've now said that you know you can't use feet on monkey bars and things so i think it should probably just become a hands-only obstacle not arms but um Alas, it's easy for me to stay from the sidelines. I don't do anything, do I? So I think it was an obstacle that would rival some of the ones you'd get at the European champs, the Gibbon. I think um, the Euros is known for testing grip strength. The Gibbon, that far into the race, certainly did challenge a lot of people's grip strength, as did Skitch. And Skitch is something that pre-race, I went to totally leery out. That'd be no problem for me. I really enjoy Skitch. And then come down the short yeah. course, uh, admittedly, I picked up a bit of a deltoid injury in the way, but I really struggled with it. And I was like, okay, actually, when you grip struggling, sketches are significantly harder, as as it showed with the likes of you know, Mark Dixon, who has forearms like granite rock. And even he struggled on sketch. <laughs> so um, it was quite interesting seeing that in those conditions, similar to the Euros, actually, the fatigue 
did build up in people and uh you know yeah. people looked at it and thought this is going to be really easy this year but actually when you're you're over gripping in the wet it's amazing how much when you over grip each obstacle to make sure that you're, you're stable on it how that actually starts to fatigue you later on in the race Oh, 100%. And obstacle-wise, I think the Skitch and uh, the Valkyrie were, were next level. I did think that was brilliant. But I think overall, there was a, a big discrepancy between the two championships. Um, but no, yeah, that I did enjoy watching the um, the Gibbons. <laughs> I've had a few goes on them here and there in various places and never really tried them too hard. But they are they are really quite a challenging obstacle. I think once you get the hang of it, though, it's you know, just a, a rhythm thing again, as every other obstacle is. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 given it wasn't something that um, I was worried about pre-event and it was okay in the short course. And yeah, I think it's it, it's one of those things you just need to practice a few times. It's a technique thing. Go Sometimes going slower is better than going faster. But yeah, 100%. I thought it was good. Good to have a little bit of variance. I really enjoyed Valkyrie as well. I think maybe we'll get to that a little bit later on. But um, I thought it was an interesting yeah, spectacle obstacle. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily that difficult, but it looked good. I think it was good for people to watch and, you know, there's a bit of height in there and, you know, a bit of a challenge. So I thought that was, that was pretty good. Um, so let, let, let's kick off with a bit of a, a review then. Um, well, might as well kick off with my gripe because there's loads of good stuff to talk about this year. But there is always, might as well start with the bad stuff and get it off, get it off my chest early days. And that is, once again, you know, OCR World Champs, okay, not official. And we've got the official World Champs, whatever that means, uh, coming out in due course. Um but, you know, we talked about it last year. This year, once again, and considering the conditions, I remember you and I talking about it last year, James, we said, you know, if it wasn't for the weather, the kids would have yeah. really struggled because fortunately last year when they had some sunshine, they were able to sort of play outside and, and have some fun. But, you know, if the rain had hit last year, it would have been an absolute nightmare for them. And lo and behold, what happened this year, we had horrendous weather and absolutely nothing for the children to do once again. I'm not just talking about there being a kids race and then maybe there's, you know, insurance issues you've got to consider there. Maybe there's, you know, too much to organize when you've got, you know, three or four championship races as well now with the, with the short distance one in there as well. So not necessarily a kids race, but just nothing for kids to do. There isn't even a, you know, thing for them to play on, nothing for them to inspire them. Basically, absolutely. I can't think of a single thing, whether it's a stall whether it's food, whether it's um, an activity, a single thing where they consider children whatsoever at the event this year. Kids, what's the word I'm looking for here? Suck. They never listen. They think they know everything when in truth they know next to nothing. They're loud. They're rude. They don't know how to eat properly. They smell like shit. The really smart ones can take three or four years to learn how to wipe their own asses. If they can't find a way to eat something, they'll find a way to break it. Kids suck. I think it was worse this year. Yeah. I think that they, um, they had obviously the gibbons and things inside a very, very small rig section from was it Force 5. But yeah, I think that was more aimed at, you know, adults. Yeah, they weren't for kids. kids. Yeah, yeah. So like you yeah. say, at the Euros, they had a great setup. Obviously, the, the weather helps. Um, but they did have, you know, that whole kids race independent. Um, and equally, you know, there was just lots more to do. Um, so I think, yeah, that, that really lacked here. And I hope that that is something that does does change in the future again, as we said last year. It's just, I just thought, but for me, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you're going to be a world championships, then you should be designed to inspire others to, to join the sport. And actually, in all the other sports that you that I've done, uh, whether it's triathlon, whether it's trail running, uh, whether it's playing football, squash, whatever it is, there always seems to be a children's element to it. And um, they seem to have completely overlooked it. And, you know, dis- and not just overlooked it, and that's incorrect, they've actually dismissed it. They've said, actually, we're not interested in 
looking after children that may be coming to support you whatsoever. We'll take the money at the stalls for buying them food, but you know that's about it. That's that's down to you, and we're not going to encourage them to do the sport in any way, shape, or form. There wasn't even a course map uh, for spectators to to find athletes out on the on the course this year, or at least if there was, my wife couldn't find it, which again didn't really help the spectators who you know had come and braved the weather for three or four days and to support the people that they. You know, they want to see it go across the course. It was a bit of a shame. It's a bit of a shame. I griped about it last year. I'm going to gripe again this year. I had two kids for three days, basically bored, sat in a tent with very little to do. And I think they could have done more. Yeah, I mean, it could be worse. They could be playing cricket. Um, <laughs> but no, you're 100% right. Um, I, I think that in... I think it shows the difference between, without sounding rude or offensive here, a company championship and a world championship or a european championship that is like a an overall thing if you like um i think that in in the new versions of the ocr world championships that's coming out the one being run by the world federation i think that will likely have something for your for the children again as the euros and all their other events do um but i think maybe that's just a difference here is it's it's organization as well it, it takes a lot of time a lot of space they could have done something, just one thing to keep kids at, you know, entertained. There was absolutely nothing there. And actually, even if it was something, I don't know, I'm thinking a bit more laterally here, but, you know, like a treasure hunt they could have done around the course or uh, around the, uh, the, it wouldn't have cost them anything to do. In fact, they could have made money out of it because you could have charged a quid for a kid to enter or whatever. And they could have looked around the, uh, the expo of the uh, OCR village and found little things. I don't know, just something to keep them at, you know, active during all weathers. It wasn't thought about. I'd be mean, absolutely right. I think uh, because it's a, a you know not an official world champs, maybe that's the problem. Because the Euros and the world champs are worlds apart in in the the, the feel you get, you yeah. know, the family friendly feel you get at both events. I, I completely agree that there needs to be something there for them, even if it just keeps them interested in the sport as it develops. And they should have fun races at these events. But negatives aside, negatives aside, though, so what yeah, no, loads of positives. I thought the course was brilliant. I, I, I for some reason I enjoyed it a lot more this year than last year. Even though last year I kept my band and this year I didn't, I thought the race was much better. I enjoyed the obstacles. I enjoyed the weather. I think it gave a whole new element to, to to the World Champs, which we haven't had before. And I think it really caught a few people out. I mean, if you look at the the medals tables, you know, the Americans really struggled on the course. And I think you know all of us secretly yeah, wanted to see that, that really. Yeah. Oh no, I don't think there's any uh, any secret to it. I think we've always said that. Uh, even last year, we said if it was going to be a muddy, wet, rainy race, then they wouldn't get anywhere near it. And uh, I think you saw that. Was it um, the long course this year? Three European women on the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, a bit of a, a bit of an epic race. Karen Carlson coming home with a with a victory. But um, you know, this, I think the Scandinavians did exceptionally well across the board. I think it's you know the Americans are, are, are good at their strength obstacles. Like we know, if you look at Spartan race, they like to lift Atlas balls and you know run shirtless and uh, and be really strong, and that, that's cool. I think in the UK, we're renowned for having muddy races. And I think we really brought home this year what a lot of OCR racing is about uh, in the UK. You know, if you look at things like nuts or other nuclear races, it was really, really muddy. And that, you know, that wreck bag carry through those five nets was just brutal. I was just about to say, how did you find that? Because all I've heard is uh, people moaning about that. I'm, I'm told it was only supposed to be two, uh, two of the five nets that you're supposed to go under and and no one realised that they went through the whole... I loved it. I mean, you know, for me, that's the stuff I love. A, because I'm not going to fail it. It might take me a bit of time, but there's no way I'm losing my band on a, a wreck bag drag carry. So that's fine. There's no there's no uh, psychological issues for me there. Uh, B, because I'm a bit heavier than most other races. And, um, you know, I probably fit the mould of a more of a Spartan racer anyway, in terms of the fact that I like 
like beasting through stuff rather than having any kind of flow. So I like those obstacles. They're brilliant. I love getting muddy. I loved uh, being down in the mud and just crawling through and just got wincing through it. I was quite lucky. I managed to catch up. That Scotty P on the side, sort of shouting, Nick, catch up, catch up. And I caught a group ahead of me, which made it a lot easier by sort of mm. the last three nets. I joined a group of people rather than doing the first two on my own, which made it a lot easier. But that was great. It was brilliant. I'd have, you know, I'd have kept going. It was, um, I love those kind of obstacles. I mean, they're good fun. <laughs> You're not, you're not okay, mate. You're not okay. You could not pay me to take No, it was good. That. I would never do that. It's... The Euros, for me, didn't have any strength obstacles, right? And um, I thought that was a real weakness in the Euros this year. Very grip focus, which we know, but I think there could have been more strength. I felt that the world champs this year had a bit of everything. It had proper strength obstacles in there. It had technique obstacles. It, You know, you had to grit, grit your teeth a few times like with, with the wet bag carries we're mentioning there. You had to be a little bit strategic in the way you approach the race. One of my favourite moments, I thought I had a bit of a secret weapon. I had a pair of gloves in my pocket, which I thought I'd only get to bring out towards the end. When Have we not discussed this? At no, this time, is I had them in a sandwich bag to keep them nice and dry, right? This. So there's no issues here. We came out to spinning monkeys. I've been running in around about eighth. I was doing a white mage group at this point. And I think it was the guys that came up to spinning monkeys all at the same time. I think there were sort of five lanes or four lanes. And pretty much every single person ahead of me that hit the first spinning monkey, they all came off. It was just like a synchronized fall off the, the uh, spinning monkeys. I don't know if it was just, just a brilliant to watch. So I quite enjoyed that because that was where you really realized that grip strength was going to be a problem when in wet conditions. If you have problems with slipping, there's a balance you want to find between having enough of a grip on the pole, not sliding, and also allowing for spinning to happen. So out came the gloves pretty early on in the race and I uh, had no worries getting through that, which was quite nice. Uh, obviously, two obstacles later, you're in the mud and they're, they're, they're worthless. But it helped me for that obstacle. So uh, for that little bit of strategy, they were useful. <laughs> I really enjoyed Valkyrie. I thought it just it just looked epic. It was, wasn't was yeah. difficult, but it, it looked epic. It was a bit, you know, it was quite fun. You got quite high. And, you know, for, for someone that has zero flow when it comes to obstacles, I felt like even I had a little bit of flow on that. So that was quite cool. I must admit, I did, um, I, I did find it in- Interesting to see how many people struggled on that, and and some of the people that struggled, I I thought it was going to be a lot easier than um than it was. I, obviously, I don't know what had come before. It was cold, it was wet. We've all been there, but I thought that was going to be a, quite an easy obstacle, almost like a nice little warm up one for the uh, the Gibbons. And I saw a lot of people struggle that's on it, and it surprised me. I, I don't know. Did you? Yeah, did you I thought it, it was easy. easy. I mean, or? if anyone's been involved in the pull up challenge that's been going online anyway, I think that's basically what it was. Just sort of five pull ups up, and then come across, and then sort of let your own sort of gravity take you back down so didn't have any problems with that for me which is rare because i usually struggle on, on most obstacles but um no i didn't mind it i thought i did see some real gutsy people getting from top to bottom like doing the chicken wing on that obstacle which must have been horrendous oh, no. so one Terrible one idea. girl god she must yeah. have been so mentally strong i i would have given it up but she she must have braved it about four times until she finally got across and each attempt she did with the chicken wing. I mean, her arms must have been in a proper shit state by the following day. But fair play, she did it. She got it done. I just, I just, yeah, I think it's so dangerous. I mean, if you imagine if you got stuck, let's say, for example, you do just hit the wall of fatigue and you cannot lift yourself back up to get your arm out. Fall out on you. Not just up to your elbow. And if you straighten your arm and sort of slip out, then you're just going to snap think- your arm in half. Yeah, I, do, I think I there were a couple of injuries. I think there were apparently there was a, a, either two broken legs or an individual had a double leg break on the on the spinning monkeys. But look, I mean, in those conditions with that many obstacles, it's kind of inevitable someone's going to oh, end yeah. up with 
was something that's you know pretty unpleasant. Yeah, I really enjoyed the the Force Five Rick. I thought yeah. that was great. I know there's a couple of them, but I mean the one in the, in the tent just had some interesting grip grip items on there where you had to just think about and hold them a little bit differently to what you used to. But also had a bit of nice flow to it. Uh, it was short. It felt shorter this year. I don't think it was as long okay. last year. I mean, you literally threw it in probably three holds. The one I was most worried about was the was the Force Five Low Rig, um, which looks tricky but I, I got through it on both both days first time which um which i was really pleased about but on the short course on trying to stretch for the bell pulled my bloody i thought it was my shoulder it turns out like it was my deltoid that went but i yeah tweaked my deltoid stretching for the bell which really peeved me off because love the short course but didn't race it kind of jogged around take my time get used to the obstacles before the big day the following day tweaked yeah. it and then um come the big race the following day i was it was just it was an agony to be honest so um, I sadly lost my band on an obstacle yeah. which I went through in about seconds in the short course, which was the up and unders. Um, but I just couldn't couldn't get it done with a it's a transition on my what I thought was my shoulder, but deltoid. Every time I did the turn, I it, I just end up coming off. I don't know if it was injury, fatigue, a bit of both, but shouldn't have been an obstacle that caused many problems. Never thought it would, but lo and behold, band went. That was pretty cool. That was pretty chilled. I mean, you know, it was what it was, and um, I enjoyed the day. It was good. I think, um, despite the children's children's bit, yeah. it was a, a really well organised course, and I thought the obstacles were positioned in in good places. There was a bit of you know, sections for good running, sections for good famous uh, nuclear water elements, which always catch people out with the uh, the slide and everything oh. else. That was good. Enjoyed it. Yeah, I love I love that area, but I, I really I mean, we both know I don't do particularly well in the cold. Um, and I just I was watching it from the sidelines on that day one, thinking obviously on, on day one it wasn't open. Thinking, crikey, I do not want to go through that slide tomorrow if I'm any of these poor people. Uh, must have been absolutely. You know, what? I thought it was all right. I there. actually thought it was all right. I thought it was really interesting. I was watching some of the live footage on Facebook and obviously seeing some of the highlights since. Is how many of the the pro or the elite waves, the really good pros, even whether it's John Album or whatever else, actually had to repeat at least one obstacle. Like often at World Champs, the top guys fly through yeah. everything without any issue at all. But this year. Even though they got it done and kept their bands, I think John had a, a repeat or two on on Skitch and um, was caught, lost about five minutes in the vet bag zone because he was trying to get through the nets on his own. And if you look at the Facebook coverage of people coming up to the, the really simple, just um, hang tough uh, rings, which preceded the uh, the, the net crawl, um, sort of ditch crawl on Facebook, the pros came through that. And I would say yeah. probably one in four was falling off hang tough in their first attempts. I mean, it should be really the simplest obstacle you can come across, but actually they were coming off that. And then you get to the, what was it called? The saber tooth, which was really just monkey bars. I, I thought that. When I can't I believe that, they shortened it. Really... They shortened it for the, for the main course because people found it too okay. difficult, but I mean, it was just monkey bars. So uh, this, that was probably my biggest disappointment is they shortened that when I didn't think they needed to. And I really enjoyed that on the short course day. I probably the obstacle I nailed the best. I was really disappointed to see that that shortened the following day. But really surprising, elite struggling on monkey bars and hang tough just because of the conditions. Uh, it really did test people's grip. Yeah, I was going to say. I think that was. I think that's the big difference. Really, is it is just the weather. You know, the course is the course is pretty similar. The obstacles have adapted a little bit, but it was just that weather. And you know, obviously, we've all had it in England for years, where as soon as your hands get cold and a little bit muddy and you can't get any blood into them, they just go to you know, go to the pot. And I think that sitting and watching it was just how cold people's arms were um, trying to do it. And I think that it's going to in, bring about a new change in um, sure. how people look to warm their hands up now. I don't know if people will start looking into the uh, the gloves again. I, I saw a good advert today for some more heated um, gloves that have a little battery pack in them. 
Um, so I don't know if people will start looking into those kind of things again, but I think that was a, a huge factor. But it did also show as well that we're good at it because, you know, we did well on the podiums. My good old mate, Tony Leary, you know, gold in his age group and Rob Border, I think, won every race he did pretty much. He, uh, I think, I think Tony Leary was the only competitor over a hundred though, wasn't he? So limits it down a bit. So, Still ran with his top off, uh, smashed it. Bit. Rob Border won age group short course, the hundred meter course. course. He basically, I think he won the uh, the three k course. He didn't do the longer one. He won the three k course as well. And then also, even though um, he, he won his age group at short course, actually, if you look at his times against the elite field, was still right up there with that as well. He absolutely bossed it. Well, Robbie bossed it. an absolute demon. So I was definitely the yeah, weak link in that team. So we had a team race, which was me, me, uh, Tony, and Rob Border. So there's me with the two gold medalists on either side of me, age group, and uh, bandless wonder in the middle. Uh, but we got through it. <laughs> we got there's a lot of fun. It's still my favourite race. There you it's, go. It's no, I loved it. Team race is my favourite race. It was such such a buzz, such a buzz doing the team race. It was so much fun. So yeah, that was good. And there's you know, some other really good uh, performances as well. Laura Hayward, who every time I turn up at these races seems to be on the podium for for UK. She just hammers it. She's she's metronomic with her results. So fantastic to see her on there again. John Albin, of course, sixth time OCR world champion, and you know it got us quite close this year. But again, bossed it. What you got some of the other results there, haven't you, uh, any James? I have yes. Um, I've been, so I've got a three K results over at the moment. So obviously it was John there that came in uh, in top place, which is a little bit unsurprising, isn't it? Um, I thought it was quite interesting to see Thomas Butler or Thomas Butler and Van Tonda from South Africa. He's a, one of the rebel athletes and he's always been absolutely rapid at the short courses they have out there. Um, so to see him come in second wasn't particularly surprising and okay, not too far off. Of he John won the 100 seconds. meter course, didn't he? Amount, really. He did as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think he absolutely smashed it. Um, and then Sergi Peregrin coming in in third. So that's never, never a surprise. Sergi is absolutely flying. Um, and every okay. race you see him, he's one of the Russian guys. Um, so that was obviously the, uh, the the men, and and then obviously uh, Nicole Mersel from the United States in uh, in first for the women's. Ida, an absolute demon, she had a great weekend, didn't she? Um, she came in second from uh, from Denmark, and then Rebecca Hammond from the United States. Uh, she came in third, and she had another good weekend. Although I think she had to uh, pull we out. Had uh, well, Lindsay Webster. Injury. I don't know if she was on the podium. Uh, you heard about what happened to her because she raced really hard. I'm pretty sure she podium, but then wasn't able to get the podium because she forgot to put a band on. So it's DQ'd. Uh, yeah, I mean, fair play. She took, she took herself out of it, it, but she just forgot to put her band on. So she got that, to the but... end. They were like, well, you, you know, where's your band? And she didn't have it on. She forgot to put it on. I've not heard of that. <laughs> That's quite funny <laughs> in, a, in a horrible way. It's when you travelled all the way from the US to race and you haven't done it. I mean, God, that moment. Oh, jeez. That's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. I felt for her. I think everyone else did. I, I, I can't remember. I, I, I heard it from when I was at home, so I don't know if she was on the podium anyway, but I'm suspecting she would have been there or thereabouts because she usually is. Um, but yeah, she's just uh, got to put on a band. Was that for the, which, which course was that, for the short course? I think it was the short course. I'll have to have a little Google yeah, cause, check. Yeah, because she is, I know you're right, because I had seen uh, that she was in the uh, the non-complete, so that would make sense. Yeah. Um, whereas I think then into the, fifth, into the 15K race, um, it was just that European takeover, like we said, with the women just absolutely smashing it. Um, with Karen Carlson obviously coming in first from Sweden, and then the Danes just sort of taking up the rest of the podium with Katja Christensen, who obviously won the European Championships, and then Ida in uh, in third, who obviously second in the in the short course and third in the in the long course. She had a great weekend. Um, and then obviously John Ryan and Thomas Buell 
making the podium for the men. Fairly, uh, fairly familiar top two there. Well, even three with Thomas Buell around. He's an absolute demon again. Um, but just a just a weird weekend of racing, really. Seeing a, an all European. Yeah. No, I was just saying, and in the I have to mention another shout for Rob Baller because in the three k short course, he won it by seven seconds. Um, but there were, I think, there was less than fifty seconds between first and eighth. God, so tight. Really tight, really tight, but he got it done. Um, I think it was uh, Vitaly Savanovic who came second. So I think you know, we're seeing, uh, yeah, maybe he's like seven seconds behind. See, so, you know, close, really, really close. That's such a close race. That must have been horrible to race in. But the thing is, yeah, I mean, he was from Belarus, but I don't know if um, if you always know because you set off in waves, aren't you? So you just got to go. That's one of the things that Mark Dixon was a bit unfortunate in his race because I think he did really well. Turned out he didn't actually win because he won his little wave. But then there's always you got to be able to push yourself, knowing not knowing what other waves are doing, right? And he ended up not quite in the spaces, and he felt afterwards he probably could have pushed harder, um, which is harsh. Well, that's the, I mean, yeah, I mean, objectively that's upsetting for him, but at the same time, you know, so many sports run on time trials. Sure, you don't, you know, it's, it's not the principle of you race the guy standing next to you in cycling in the uh, Olympic time trials. They don't just think, oh, well, you know, I've clearly made up a bit of time on the guy in front of me. I'll just rest there. You go harder. You know it's a thing, and this isn't the first year they've had it as a um, as a time trial kind of race. It's not the first event that's done it. The Euros do it, so you should know to just that last kilometer. Even if you just a second ahead, he came sixth. But yeah. He was only thirty six seconds behind Rob Border in first. Yeah, that's pretty close. It, it, oh, it's extremely close. Tony O'Leary came third, but then lost to his nemesis uh, Ladislav. Now these guys are right, every time they go to a European or World Champs, it's always between Ladislav and Tony. And Ladislav got the win in the short course, but Tony, uh, you know, turned that on his head for the long course. And Ladislav, I think, came in fifth in the long course. But um, Ladislav got the win in the uh, 50 plus, Tony coming third uh, at that age group. Some really good wins, I would say wins, good results in the um, in the pro uh, uh, level for the longer course and short course as well. I think James Burton went in for pro this year along with uh, Das. Both of them did, got very respectful results in the in the men's race. And then Becky Rendell got a, I think it was, the highest placed UK finisher in the pro race? I'm not entirely sure, but that sounds like the kind of thing Becky would do. She's exceptional. So, yeah, that would that would make a lot of sense. But at least she managed to make this one after the Euros, you see. She managed to make the short course. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't want to say it. I I think she had a few problems getting there again, did she? Oh, I don't know. If she did, I missed it. No, she, um, but, yeah, she was. She actually managed to make it this year. It's amazing when you do make it, what you can do, right? So, uh, yeah, she did really well. She was pro completion. <laughs> she came, uh, yeah, t- came, uh, came 12th. Twelve. I can see right now. I can see right now that she's typing on uh, on WhatsApp. So I'm sure she'll be extremely happy to hear <laughs> what you're saying. She did very, very well. She did very well. Um, Any other um, age group results we should be giving a shout out to? No, I mean Becky says that we should uh, cover the women and juniors race. But... We actually we had an Alex Alex Aunt. You know Alex A L I X A R N D T, not as in Aunt, as in Aunt. But I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, but she came first in the age group 40 plus for Team GB. The, the Team UK. Yeah, uh, registered for GB, but uh, yeah, Team UK. And yeah, Laura Hayward got second in the 3K short course behind Alex Arndt. Not... So yeah, she did She did very well in the 40 plus category getting silver, which is some good female results. Yeah, from both of them. Laura Hayward's just an absolute monster. I think she makes up so much time. I mean, she's great at the obstacles. She's a good runner as well, but just the strength carries. I mean, when we've been in teams of Laura before, she always gets the strength over Tristan or myself. I mean, Tristan's obviously a better runner and I'm quite happy hanging off things, but Laura picks up things and runs faster than I do when I'm running alongside her without anything. It's ridiculous. She does so well, doesn't she? Does so well. 
Well, I mean, Tristan was on course this year. He did, he did, he did, he did turn up. I don't know what happened. I think he failed the low rig, the low force five one somewhere earlier, and then, or so I've heard, and just just gave it up and left the course. Um, I didn't see him. If I'm honest with you, I didn't see yeah. that. But um, yeah, it's a, a bit of a shame. He, he's obviously going to be uh, exceptional if he if he does well and, and manages to stick it. But that low rig, from what I hear, was pretty tricky for tall people, and he's a bit of a taller guy, isn't he? It was, a, it was a busy weekend, busy weekend. But I think that for me, it was the Scandinavians that did exceptionally well. They did. So we have a look at some of the um, 15k results because there were just the 3k's really. What have we got on the 15k's? You got those there? I can. Dean for gender, uh, sorry for categories. Yeah, well, in the 15k pro race, there's a couple of shout outs I think for Tom Tweddle who came in 12th. Another really, really good run for him. Jason Brunnick in 15th, uh, and Leon Farmer who had a really good. Uh, champs overall not someone i've come across before but uh, came 16th in the uh, pro race uh, for uk above uh, mr ross brackley who was in 19th and then james Byrne also had an excellent race in 22nd jesse betts in uh, in 27th yeah so some and dasos down in 37th so some really strong results for team uk in the in the pro race i thought yeah yeah i completely agree with you there and i think that shows um if you have a look at it overall karen carlson placed 42nd overall for the women which is absolutely Crazy, rapid yeah that's only a you know, a minute, well, a minute behind Dassos is that? And Dassos is rapid. So that just shows how quickly yeah. Karen's yeah. moving. Well, as you said, Scandinavians basically dominated the whole of the finish, you know, all the people that finished in the uh, in the women's race. Yeah. Um, she dominated, they, they dominated it really. Yeah. I think I've got here, there were 15 finishes in the pro race. Yes. For, for, for 15K fever. Yeah, yeah, that's what I like about that. Um, yeah. I'm just reading down. Yeah, nearly, nearly, all, nearly all of them Scandinavians. So, you know, fair play. Well, from cold countries at the very least, Russia's in there as well. We're going to quickly interrupt this podcast to go to a quick advert break. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, because we do release them relatively infrequently, then please do press subscribe and review it as well if you can. Uh, enjoy the tune and we'll be back shortly. OCR Disrupt with Nick Day and James Buckley. It might get a little controversial, yeah, it could get a little ugly. Keep it hella entertaining every single time. You can never hate this. Keep it authentic, just face it. This is way more than just racing. Yeah, yeah. A community that's bigger every year. Fastest growing mass participation sports in the world. You ain't down with OCR Disrupt, you must be out your mind. Every time they keep it live, time to tune in and subscribe. Woo! That was our quick OCR Disrupt wrap. Hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Right, back to the podcast. Uh, well, Russia's, well, they, I guess, they're getting themselves set up for the official yeah. OCR World Championship. We're going to be taking place in Russia next year. Yeah, I'm really excited about this, actually, seeing what the uh, World Obstacle Federation have got to do. Um, I think that they're just, they're entirely different. And you can see the setup between the Euros and the Worlds is entirely different. Um, so I'm really interested to see what their World Championships look like. Obviously, it's going out to Sochi. Um, which I'm really excited about, actually, because I was very disappointed that the world's decided to go America, Canada, England, America. I mean, it's not a world championship. See, I'm assuming it has to be financial, right? So if you had, it's a bit like if you, if you take it out of racing for a minute and you had two stores, you know, it sounds to me like they're closing one of the stores yeah. because if they're, if they're doing it in the US next year, they're not going to have NORAM, are they? So obviously it's not making enough money for them to sustain both NORAM and the world champs. When I... So they're basically just combining the two. When I questioned someone, I don't know who it was, um, they gave me an answer. I don't know if it was a flippant answer or a joking answer, and I'm not making speculation or anything, but it kind of resonated with me. Uh, the answer they gave me was, it's easier to fold if everything's in one place. And I was a bit like, I can't see them folding. They've done exceptionally well. And they're still the, you know, the first ever world championship kind of thing. But 
I completely agree with what you're saying. It's better to have everything in one place if they don't carry on as the World Championships because this new new brand is coming out or the or the actual federation version. At least it's better to have everything in one place to reorganise, if you like. Well, yeah, I mean, you just wouldn't close the Norram champs if it was making money. So yeah. I know that the Europeans will travel because I think we're probably slightly better travelling. I don't know if, if this is true, but I, I, when I go away to the... You know, I've been out to Canada twice. I've been to Ohio. There's certainly always a huge contingent of Scandinavian and UK and you know, and Europeans, to be fair, uh, across the board, races travelling out that way. There, there certainly seems to be a lot more of those competitors here in the UK than, than those that travelled over from the US or Canada. So if they think we're going to travel and they're going to get the audience from the US and Canada there anyway, it makes sense. And also that combined with the fact that the new OCR World Champs are going to be based in Russia, which is going to get a lot of the, you know, additional races going there they may as well capitalize on where they've got buy-in which is very much the american canadian audience audience yeah at least that'd be my thinking yeah no i completely agree i completely agree it'd be interesting to see which one is uh is most successful though if i'm honest i think the sochi one being that it is somewhere completely new and that it is going to be held at the olympic park out in sochi i believe or the winter olympic park yeah but that's going to be awesome we'll get that'll be awesome huge buy-in because yeah i can't wait that that is a race that I'm, you know, I'm lazy, but even I'm there, like, I want to run around that course. So, yeah, that's going to be incredible. So a couple of results in the 15K um, age group race we should probably shout out to. One is a good friend of mine who I've raced with several times, but he's now an age cat above me, which is Declan Trainer getting third in the 40 to 44 cat, um, which was really, really pleased with him about that. Again, another close race. Uh, only sort of five minutes between first and third. Um, I think Declan overtook Mark Dixon at Skitch to, 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 to take that position. So... Uh, that wouldn't have pleased Mark, but really, really pleased for for Declan. He's a he's a really good guy. And then in the uh, forty five to forty nine cap, no surprises to hear that Dave Rogers in the podium places again with a second place finish. Did really, really well. And obviously, we know Tony securing uh, gold in the in the fifty plus. So some really good performances there. On the female side, in the females fifteen k cat eighteen to twenty four, Jody Davison, no UK finishes. Uh, won it, but no UK finishes as far as I'm aware. Maria Lund from Denmark would be first in the 20 to 25. But again, no UK finishes that I can see. 30 to 34, yep. only three finishes. Won by Sarah Lundberg. Again, no UK finishes at that age cap. If you're looking at this, you would have thought Laura Hayward would have gone for it, right? Only three finishes in the 35 to 39. So well done to those three. Guaranteeing yourself a podium. Only one in the 40 to 44 there, Christina Lindsgrund from Denmark. Um, and I haven't got any finishes in 45 to 49. Yeah. Or there beyond. So, uh, yeah, so the, you know, we struggled a little bit more on the, on the, on the UK uh, side for the longer course for the females, but it was, it was pretty brutal out there. I think that shows with uh, yeah. only 15 finishes in the pro race. And uh, amazing to see Karen Carlson. She actually cried when she finished and got that result. She's wanted that all her life. So, really, really good scenes to see Karen do so well. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anyone uh, work as hard and quite often be quite as unlucky as uh, Karen. Um, but yeah, it finally came off, which is really, really good to see because she trains so hard. She does. She does. And it shows. It shows because if you train yeah. that hard, as you and I have always said, you get results. Yeah, do it. And I think the people that train, that I know that train the hardest, whether it's Rob Border, Tony Leary, Karen Carlson, you know, any of those people, Mark Dixon, um, you know, they're, they're all the people that, that I know that, that, that really do put their heart and soul into their training it shows yeah do as we say not as we do that's for sure nick for you and i absolutely right definitely in my case anyway <laughs> well that pretty much wraps up the uh 
OCR World Champs for this year. Really good race. It was wet. It was muddy. Still bugger all for the children, but really good <laughs> obstacles and a really good three days worth of racing. I kept my short course band, kept my team band, lost the main band. That's pretty standard. I think probably what I did last year and had a thoroughly good time. Yeah. And I was as active as ever, sat down drinking coffee and looking at the screen. So nothing's really changed between here and most championships for me either. So the question will be, how many of us go next year to either Vermont? It's Vermont, isn't it, next year? Is that right? I, I, I'm not going. Sochi. Well, it's in the US. So how many of us go to the US and how many of us go to Sochi? I think, uh, I think Sochi might be a winner here. I also think it'd probably be cheaper to go to Russia than, uh, than across to America. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I'm back in Sochi. Well, um, I think the next one on the, the big race for me on the calendar is going to be the Dolomites, the Euros. Yeah. It's going to be epic. I've got to find a race to qualify at, but... I'll tell you, if you're listening to this and you haven't been there before, the Dolomites is unbelievable. But try and stay for enough time to go and experience one of the Via Ferratas. And if you don't know what that is, I think I said it on a previous podcast, go and Google Via Ferrata and then tell me you don't want to do it. It looks epic. Uh, so, yeah, it should be a really, really, really good fun and a really good race because the Euros really do know how to put on an excellent uh, couple of days racing. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to be good. Yeah, I look forward to it. I'm, I'm buzzing for, uh, for Italy. I'm not, not going to lie. That's probably a uh, thing I'm looking forward to most at the moment. So uh, that and then Sochi. And uh, well, I guess we'll uh, finish this one up and we'll we'll get back with another one at some point. Very non-contentious episode, James. Yeah, I don't really know what's happened here. This is a bit upsetting, really, isn't it? Because I might be going on the new board thing for athlete injuries or whatever. Oh, really? So let's not have me insulting anyone. Let's not have me insulting anyone in this one for now oh good for you good for you cool all right buddy well oh, always thanks. a pleasure yeah. never a chore and you mate we'll catch up soon yes yeah, we just see you mate have a good one you've been listening to the ocr disrupt podcast if you want to join the conversation check out the ocr disrupt facebook group and get involved in the debate till next time oh.